there are times that you sit there and you're saying things and in my head i'm like (laughs) that is the incorrect opinion Welcome to the Recommendation Game. This is a Film of the Week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch them separately and then we Skype to discuss them. My name is Orla McGillis. I am joined by... Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> Ricardo Deacon. This week's film uh, was chosen by Ricardo and it is Klaus from 2019. <laughs> um, hello? <laughs> Jesper Johansson, postman. Uh, Mr. Klaus, you have a gift. You were meant for making toys. So I figured if you donate your old toys, I'll deliver them for free. Tonight, I go with you. There's no need for you to come with me, really. Tonight, then. Mr. Klaus, he'll make his toy. <gasps> Dear Mr. Klaus. Dear Mr. Klaus. Shall we then? Yep. <gasps> Mr. Klaus is the coolest. Klaus? What about me? Ow! What the? Loser! Oh yeah, well if I'm a loser, then you're, you're a, you're a, uh, you're, too, you're too far, you're gone. After proving himself to be the worst student at the academy, a postman is sent to a frozen town in the north in the north, uh, where he discovers a reclusive toy maker named Klaus. Okay, post office is now officially open. You have your letters, step right in. Thank you, thank you. Ah! Hey, loser! What gives? I sent my letter and all I got was a lousy clump of coal. Well, it serves you right. Devilish little tadpoles like yourself don't get toys from Klaus. Oh, yeah? And how would he know what I'm up to unless you ratted on me? Oh, I didn't have to. He knows. (gasps) What do you mean? He sees everything, you know. Every mischief, prank, and dirty deed. He keeps a list. The... Naughty list, he calls it. You lie! Trust me. You do not want to be on the naughty list. This week's film was chosen by Ricardo. Ricardo, why did you pick Klaus? Oh, first of all, I think it's a uh, like it's Christmas, so it made sense <laughs> that we picked the Christmas movie. I was between this and a number of other movies uh, that perhaps I like more, but um, as is often the case with the podcast, sometimes I pick a movie purely because I don't think that you might have stumbled upon it or seen it without the podcast. Uh, and I think sometimes you pick the movie for the same reason that it's not necessarily to highlight this incredible masterpiece but more like to call to attention a movie that might be overlooked let's say mm-hmm. and overlooked it was Klaus. uh like if you've seen like whenever we watched it uh we watched it when it came out 2019 it got dropped on christmas myself and alex which would have been like two years ago which really makes me creeped out by the passage of time <laughs> Especially because it's like Christmas 2019 is like the, you know, 
Christmas 2019 has a very uh, August 1914 feel to it when you look back on it. You know, that you're just walking around, normal life, uh, everything is okay. Oh, like, oh my God. Like, I literally, I was on a plane coming back where I went, I had to fly through the States. And I literally got onto this tiny Air Canada fucking propeller plane to take me over the border into Ontario. And like, I was listening to um, the Kink song. Um, is it This Will Be Our Year? Is that the name of that song? And I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, 2020. <laughs> you know, going back to Canada. Everything is going to be great. And literally that feels like another life like it's it's oh my god so i was like we when we we heard about it i can't remember where um i know that alex would have uh, picked it up it probably would have been in one of these lists or whatever that is like overlooked netflix movies and stuff and when you go looking for this movie considering it got dropped in 2019 like uh, you know mm. christmas there was a Christmas selection in Netflix that you can go and select movies, and this wasn't in the list as a new movie. Uh, it's a Netflix film as well. Exactly, <laughs> which makes it strange. It might be a, a case of politics because uh, this movie is a Spanish production. And it's one of the things of animation sometimes that uh, you're able to make it look American, let's say, by casting... You know, like you, you don't need to shoot in New York to, when you're doing the animation or in this case, go to the north or whatever. And mm. even I don't know if uh, if the actors went to Madrid or Barcelona or wherever in Spain the studio is, but it's much easier to be able to rent in L.A. a, a booth for a few weeks to do the audio work with the actors rather than like having to you know, pay for their flight and stuff like that. Uh, so I thought that it was already an overlooked movie when it came out. And I think that it, it hasn't been really appreciated for what it is. I think it is a kid's movie in the be best sense of, of the word. Let's say it's not. There are a few jokes that are like uh, for like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's for the parents, you know, so they keep interested as well while, while watching. <laughs> you know, I think that like... Uh, the, the inclusion of Norm MacDonald in this movie is purely for, like, middle-aged dads kind of thing. <laughs> Everything that the, the Bowman says is just... <clears throat> you go back to the intersection, you make a left at the dead tree, you're welcome. What? No, I'm not lost. Trust me, you are. Ha <laughs> funny. Say, nice boat. Any chance we might actually get on it today? What was that? New Postman, Smearinsburg, which is on an island which is surrounded by water, which I need a boat to get to, which you have. Are we starting to connect the dots? <laughs> but like anything that Norm MacDonald did in his life, it seemed like he put no effort into it. But <laughs> you can tell that there's actual like craft in the background as well. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the beauty of Norm, I suppose. Uh, um, uh, may he rest in peace. Indeed. When it comes to this movie, I think that any Christmas movie, more importantly, a Christmas movie for children, there should be a message. And like a clear cut <laughs> message that it makes you like festive, may, it makes the, the, the season feel like important. This is where the family man 
Sir Nicholas Cage and Tia Leone falls down because <laughs> an alternative reality movie like that is just complicated and the message is don't be a shithead. It's not really like a message, you know, like fucking, you know, you don't need to watch a movie to to know that. <laughs> uh, well, you shouldn't. Anyways. You shouldn't be like suddenly like you watch The Family Man start Nicolas Cage and go like, oh, I need to change my ways. But in this case, uh, the message is simple. It's the, the, um, uh, the idea of uh, uh, an act of kindness, I think it is. A true selfless act always sparks another. I think it is a very interesting and kind of optimistic way of viewing the world, let's say. And I think that the, the world that the movie creates is very, it's both kind of living in this alternate alternative reality but also in a kind of very specific it feels real even though it's completely unrealistic i suppose because of like how specific it is you know how <laughs> the, the idea of the teacher without the students is like what do you do for a living if you don't have any students and the the most disgusting fish up in the world is the answer for that I think whenever <laughs> mentioning the 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 cast as you you did there, like there is a, it it's very perfectly cast uh, for the voice work, especially like the main uh, trio of uh, Jason Schwartzman, uh, J.K. Simmons, and Rashida Jones. And I think Rashida Jones is uh, often overlooked for whatever reason. I don't know why. Like she's very good comedic actress but also like serious actress i i saw the that movie with uh, the sofia coppola movie with bill murray uh it's the one the bill murray plays rashida jones that oh yes and they're like oh i did i watched that as well and i actually quite liked it um even though i was like i hate all these horrible rich people um <laughs> they go on like a cruise together or something where her dad is like your husband is cheating on you but like, <laughs> like that movie she's great in that movie she's great in Parks and Recreation and then yeah. like Celeste and Jesse Forever and like she's oh very... I love that film actually that's really good as well um, like a good kind of like tragedy rob com I guess like it's really good yeah and it's a, it's a weird thing that it, like uh, I don't know why but you know she's never in the conversation yeah but like this movie makes me feel very warm inside. I think that like uh, any like, you know, I never thought that I wanted a superhero origin story about Santa Claus, <laughs> but it was what I wanted. Like, and it does a very good job of doing just that of like being the superhero origin story, like explaining everything from. You know, somehow the but so I love the logic of the movie. How somehow flying reindeers is more unbelievable than reindeers like absolutely fucking steaming over a hill and fly, like literally <laughs> f like gliding over the air and then crashing down and nobody gets injured and that's more realistic. <laughs> like the kid being all oh, crazy by suggesting that Santa Claus is flying. But I think it's uh, even the way how the the town progresses and grows within the uh, the story 
yeah. is very um it makes you feel like any point i suppose especially in this modern world that we live in uh, i think that it is a metaphor and a very obvious metaphor but because it's a kid's movie it's obviously not trying to hide its meaning is clearly about the differences in people at the moment how like the division between like right and left and all these things that you think that you can't or sick society exactly <laughs> that you can't be together but then <laughs> as soon as you just start you know not thinking about the past but thinking about the present and the future it starts making more sense because your grievances are not based on something that happened a hundred years ago but by your sheer necessity of life or whatever mm. and i think that even the the way the uh it deals with the kids in the school that suddenly like they are kind of like even in the beginning i think it's quite smart that the kids don't really understand why they're not allowed to play with other kids so as mm -hmm. soon as they get like the opportunity to do it they do so and i think that's what kids do as well and it's um it's kind of good that as well like they that they include the, the sami people uh from lapland that is like often forgotten whenever like you see movies about santa claus like the santa claus or whatever that it's kind of originated from them the the idea of the this kind of santa claus let's say it hit me um quite by surprise when i watched it the first time it was, it was one of those movies that you put in like uh 10 o'clock on a saturday whenever you don't go out or whatever and you're like <laughs> uh you know don't hey eh, if it's all right i'm happy with and they, I really like the friendships in this movie. Like the the arc is very, you know, by numbers. But you'd be surprised how difficult and how few people use the screenwriting book of how things work to do it. You know, like I, this is yeah. like a, a very like on There's the rules nose. for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and this is like really like every 10 pages something happens every 15 uh, 20 pages there's a change in the story every 30 pages there's a, a, a ri rising of stakes but uh, behind all of that there's like a real heart in the movie especially when it comes to the relationships and considering the um how like usually this kind of movie the the romance aspect is really shoehorned i think that the movie does a really good job of always keeping the two uh, characters that fall in love as separate people, even at the end, that they're like separate together. If you, rather than the 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 female character just joining in because the male character is doing it, kind of thing is that, and also the she, she has her own sort of arc within the yeah the story. And the same with Klaus, and I think that the and just to finish up, animation obviously has to come into it. And I think that it was a very smart decision for the studio to do it as hand drawn animation, but use CGI lighting, so kids will still mm. think that it's like modern, but you still have this kind of like uh beauty and the beast uh, 90s disney kind of weight to the motions they usually don't mm. get in 
in CGI animation, unless you're like Pixar and you have like some guy in a basement for that doesn't is, is not allowed to come out for three years, just like <laughs> developing the the software for how the hair on fucking Sully and Monsters Inc is gonna move or something like that. But like on the normal animation, it's <laughs> you know you don't want like another food fight or whatever. The, it's just plasticky looking things. Oh God. That, Jesus, I forgot that existed. Bloody hell! And I think that it is, you know, there's something strangely warm about bright, like warm lights in snow. Without further ado, what did you think of Klaus? Uh, I was very excited for this because, um, much like yourself, I fucking love Christmas, and uh, I love Christmas movies and. <laughs> I have a lot of traditions around Christmas movies as well. It's like one time of the year where it's really like every year I always have to watch uh, the 1995 version of Little Women with my sisters. Uh, and we didn't get to do that last year for obvious fucking reasons. Uh, so <laughs> I am incredibly, incredibly excited about getting to go home and to what, like, you know, putting in, in the DVD and us all sitting down and then mom coming in every so often when she's like making stuffing. Like we always watch it on Christmas Eve. It's like, you know, I am I'm very, very dedicated to <laughs> Christmas and Christmas movies. Um, also, we haven't like we we don't do a lot of animation, um, and we haven't done one in a while either. Like I was trying to think there if we, I don't think we've done one since we did Tokyo Godfathers, um, which I obviously really really liked. Um, yeah, I didn't really like this though. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I was like. There were like bits of it I really liked because, um, you know, I'm not dead inside. So <laughs> obviously, like, <laughs> there were bits of this. I was like, yeah, yeah, the kids are all so happy and like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just there's just so many weird things about this film that are not good. Like the villains are crap. Um, <laughs> I was kind of curious, like, um. This film seems to have done, despite being kind of buried, it, uh, it seemed to do kind of well with, with people. Like, it, the, the reviews are not that great, but, like, the, the audience reviews are quite good. And I was thinking about why, and I think part of it has to something to do with um, uh, how starved we are for good Christmas movies, because there really aren't that many. Like, a lot of them are, are pretty bad. Like, I mean, the fact that, people hold love actually so close to their hearts considering that it's not a good movie and like i i love love actually but it's very bad and <laughs> i think that says enough about how uh starved we are for for good christmas movies because like there there are some out there but there's not a lot um i don't know that's just the kind of theory i was sort of bouncing around earlier um yeah i don't think like <laughs> i don't think the female character was great um like not that she didn't sort of have her own sort of interior life or whatever but then like at the very very end where he's like oh of course she loved me i was like uh i don't like you and i don't like her and <laughs> everything that happened was just really kind of like oh yeah that happened yeah yeah okay cool yeah oh it's, nothing's happened in 10 pages i guess something's about to happen <laughs> i'd like as well, the whole thing with the Sammy people, I find it kind of weird that, like, 
they just sort of brought like the movie doesn't really explain them it just sort of has them there which is good because yes representation is good but we don't understand what they're saying because they don't subtitle them and i like the I like the uh, you know the kind of the communication thing and everything, and that he becomes very close with her. But they don't really explain anything about them. So you can watch that movie and just think that like you know oh look they're like the elves, and like from what I've read, like Finland has not been very good to the Sami people. And I was just thinking like that could have been such a great opportunity to kind of like give them more of an origin story, I guess, instead of just sort of having all these annoying American actors being there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this seems, I'm watching this and this feels wrong. And then I Googled it and I was like, oh, that's why. Um, so like, and then I was like, am I just being like the biggest Grinch ever? Is that, yeah. is that what's, can I, can I not just like in, enjoy this? But I don't know, I kind of was like, you see, in my mind, the bar is is 1995's Little Women, and then like closely followed by the the, the newer version of Little Women, like that 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 is Christmas cheer and warmth, and like this is so far from the feeling that that gives me. That I mean, we were talking about the holiday before we started recording, and like the holiday gave me a lot more cheer than this did, and like. I tried really hard because I was in like a really good mood. I watched this yesterday and I was like, ooh, Christmas movie. And I just watched about like three straight hours of Yellowstone. So I was in a great mood. <laughs> Thanks to Kevin Costner. Um, as I, would say, I, was, I was writing my notes earlier and I was like, God, I'm such a monster. And <laughs> I think you I think, are. Like, uh... I think what's the problem is, other than all the other things I've already said, is uh, I kind of wish that this was in Spanish. I kind of didn't. Or, or well, like I think like, if it was in Spanish, it would be way too confusing. In English, at least, it's a, a, a uh, generic well, kind of. It's like what Spanish culture. <laughs> it's like they're yeah, up okay, in the, okay. with maybe the Sami not, people. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not Spanish, but I don't know. I just like I don't really like Jason Schwartzman in this, and I really like him. But like he's, if he, you know, like whenever he's in something like uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, where he's playing like you know the, the young fox. And, like, I love him in that. Like, I really like his voice acting. And I don't I don't like it here. It's just... I don't like his character. I'm just like, you're so annoying. I hate you. I don't know why. It, like, yeah, it, it ended. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm glad it's over. I suppose it's the weird... Oh, also, the... Ghost Santa. The ending was really stupid. When it was like... <laughs> and my friend, he lives on in the world. And I was like... So Santa's a ghost? Also, the soundtrack was really bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can you can retort now. I'm feeling really, really guilty about this one. Well, part of it is the uh, uh, I think the um I think the film is aimed at younger kids than you like uh, what we're perhaps judging. It's like over like it is a little bit simplistic mm. in a way because, like I said, there are some jokes that are meant for, like, keep the dads uh, awake <laughs> or whatever. Ha, ha, ha. McDonald, yeah. But it is, like, aimed to, like, kids that still believe in Santa Claus. It's not, you know, it's it's meant to be an origin story, but still so the kids, like, whenever they leave the cinema, it's like, oh, so that's how Santa started rather than ruin their dreams and aspirations and then... Uh, 
But in case you're wondering what it is that cancels you, it's the fact that you just ruined Santa. <laughs> Why it does go this does go out at eleven to twelve, so on Mondays. But I think that like uh, part of it I can't retort because as we were discussing and as you so uh, put it so well about Love Actually, the most Christmas mm-hmm. movies are terrible. And even mm. the supposedly good ones. Okay, if you take out the out and out classics like The Shop Around the Corner or It's a Wonderful mm. Life or Miracle on 34th Street, the ones that survived the test of time, you know, even if you get to the 80s and you're watching like fucking Christmas Vacation or like Home Alone, they're like deeply <laughs> flawed movies that because you have this association with the season as well. You know, me and Alex put on Home Alone every year while putting the tree up and never finished mm. watching it. But it's <laughs> but that's the movie. And now it's really funny because fucking Kieran Culkin is in it. And then you just see him and it's like, Ro- Romulus, stop slurping the Coke or the Pepsi or whatever company paid him. I love it as well because, like, I know you haven't watched this season of Succession because um, you're awake until it's all out. Yeah, yeah like, so I can um, I don't know how you're avoiding spoilers. Um, although, I mean, is Succession really something you could spoil? I, I don't know. I feel like it's I the execution like rather than the. Yeah. Because it's, in, in fairness, every episode of Succession is the same thing happening over and over again. So, like, <laughs> realistically. What? You Are you telling me that Logan is being bad to his children? Oh my God. Oh my god, is Shiv still being an asshole? This is shocking. Um, and, then, and then, you know, Kendall is Greg being the and best and legend of all time? <laughs> yeah, basically. Somehow Kendall is both like hateable but also incredibly pitiable. Uh, <laughs> celebrities, violence. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about succession? Uh, because I said that Kieran Culkin is in the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I do, I do uh, very much agree with you with that kind of thing of having, like, um, a roster of Christmas movies that you always put on, no matter what. Like, it's always going to happen. And, like, my mom has this one... <laughs> my mom has... Like, she has a lot of Christmas albums, but she has this one that she got in Woolworths, I think, in Derry. And it's this CD called Cavatina. And it's... Uh, it's like flutes, basically, like playing Christmas songs. It's like a flutist and a harp player. I'm actually not sure what that person's called. Um, just, you know, Christmas bangers, basically. And it is the sound of that, the first few notes of that album literally is like, it's Christmas. mother plays it every single year she's made copies of it and posted them to us uh, at various times so we would have cavatina to put it on and then the day that someone put it on spotify uh because it took a while but eventually it got on to get to spotify i was like this is it now and when we got our tree last year um i put it on john was like this is terrible and i was like cavatina stays on (laughs) i decorated the tree i was like and I have movies like that as well. That it's like literally the opening, 
you know, it's the same way how I watched You've Got Mail in and around September every year because it is the perfect, like, autumn movie. Have and you seen The like Shop Around the Corner? No. The Jimmy actually. Stewart movie that is the original You've Got Mail. Like, You've Got Mail is the remake of The Shop Around the Corner. Have I ever actually seen it? I don't think so. Uh, I have, like... Damn it, I was convinced that you had, so that's why I didn't pick it for Christmas. It is a wonderful Christmas movie. But, like, now I wish <laughs> I had... Than this? But well, maybe you would have shot on that movie as well. Like, you never know with a Grinch like yourself. <laughs> you know how I hate Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> Although, what era of Jimmy Stewart? It's young is, Jimmy uh, Stewart, not old Jimmy Stewart. So, like, it's a 50-50 proposition there, if you like it or not. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I come with a lot of baggage, don't I? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but but I, I suppose what I was getting at is, like, there is a weird alchemy when it comes to Christmas movies. It's like how much you're yeah. able to look past the flaws of this movie. Because, like, okay, fucking Die Hard is a flawless movie, objectively. <laughs> but it is not no. a Christmas movie in the sense of being a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas no. movie because people watch it on Christmas. And that's the For main thing reason. about being a Christmas movie. <laughs> but it's not a movie no. about Christmas. And there is not that many, like, you know, fucking you watch The Family Stone or, like, fucking Ghost of Christmas, <laughs> Girlfriend's Past. Or going back to this movie... Um, you clearly didn't even fucking think that the movie required a lot of thought or discussion. Because sometimes, like, particularly, like, if I watch if I watch something and I don't really like it, and I'm like, you know, when I, when I start to think about it afterwards, I can really kind of break it down and, you know, I can, like, talk about it for a long period of time. Exactly, yeah. Like, uh, uh, um, fucking yeah. Heaven's Gate, for example, to quote uh, a recent... Uh, diatribe. Yeah, this uh, this was a lot better than fucking Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate was like offensive. Uh, this was this was fine. It was just like, uh, and like the thing about it is that like there are movies like uh, Oh What a Lovely War where I can kind of go. I know that that movie is just not for me. You know what I mean? Like it's I was never you know whatever. Maybe I can watch it now and enjoy it. I don't know. But either way, at the time, I, it just was never going to connect with me. And that's fine. I don't resent the movie for existing because it's like, you know, that's not for me. But yeah, I don't know. I just. But I you resent this, really this movie bland. for existing? I think it's because it's like it doesn't deserve the animation, I think. You know, the story doesn't deserve the animation. The animation is beautiful. And it's like. There are like so many little things that I'm like, oh, oh, but then the main character starts talking again, and I'm like, and I, like when you when you put down the bare bones of the story, it's like this sounds great. It's a superhero origin story for Santa. That sounds great, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, like. It I'm sorry. Like, I thought, that, like, um, again, like, it's the, the alchemy of uh, Christmas. Like, I can't go and criticize it, really, because, like, criticize your opinion. There are times that you sit there and you're saying things, and in my head, I'm like, <laughs> that is the incorrect opinion. You know, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's sometimes, and I'm not saying that it's like, as in, like, the, that is not the popular opinion, that you're just wrong because other people think otherwise. But in my head, I'm like, objectively, Orla is wrong, but I'll let her have her opinion because if I, <laughs> if I agree, then we'll be both wrong. But, like, uh, you'll let 
have my opinion, yes. you entitled man. Yes, of course. <laughs> you are like the main character of this movie where it's like, oh yeah, she loved me. <laughs> it's like, why though? You're you're kind of awful and your legs are really skinny and it freaks me out. Yeah, but I think that is the bit of... Uh, he's awful in the beginning of the movie, but even... Uh, after the beginning of the movie like okay that he markets the the deal i think that the only like major issue that i have with the movie is how it kind of links toys with drugs like that he's kind of like a drug dealer for toys that he's like yeah. and that's kind of uh, um a spicy meatball uh, to tell your kids not to <laughs> go and like fucking talk to the guy <laughs> under the bridge that is gonna come over here kid where he has his coat with all the letters in it. Exactly. Which is like, which is, you know, funny. Like, want to buy a sundial, but like, what's that from? I think it's from Avalix uh, uh, and Asterix, isn't it? Or uh, Life of Brian. It has to be something like that. Yeah, it's one of those. I can't remember. But like, yeah, it's... I didn't even really place that at the time. And now I feel kind of worse because it seems like sort of a cheap joke for no reason. We had this conversation before, I think. I don't know if it was in the podcast or not. Uh, there's a very mm. strange, like, I can't even remember who wrote it. It's like a philosophical idea of the unselfish act that it doesn't exist. Because even when mm. you're doing something that, like, you don't benefit whatsoever from, you're usually doing it because you would feel bad if you didn't. Mm. So that in itself is selfish because you're not caring about the other person, is that? An act of kindness in itself doesn't matter the the actual motivation behind it because it's mm. an act of kindness. And I think that it's like an interesting concept to explore in the movie for kids that it's like, even if you're doing it for yourself, you'll benefit from being nice to other people. Mm. You know what I mean? The, it, it's much better than like doing the opposite because if you benefit by being a dickhead but you also benefit by being nice uh so what was your favorite thing i think the animation is my favorite thing because uh, like it, it is a very uh strange hybrid and i i quite like it. i haven't seen anything else that uses that that method of uh, hand-drawn mm. animation and and cgi lighting so it gives the there's something about like cgi the it's not quite the uh, what's the name of the effect when it becomes it's close to being human, but it's uncanny yeah. valley. Don't think it's quite uncanny valley, but I think the CGI there's a sense of weightlessness to CGI usually that is mm. very 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 hard. there's very few uh, animation studios that are able to pull it off. And even if you watch old CGI like Shrek or something like that, that at the time was very. Um, advanced it, it hasn't <laughs> oh, aged God. well at all but there's no. a certain uh, timelessness to hand-drawn animation and i think part of it is the the study of people in a way the um, because hand-drawn animation is such a methodical process mm-hmm that you're looking at an image and then you're looking at the image and looking at an image and you're seeing also how many steps you can cut from the drawing so you don't have to draw 
40 frames per second how many do i need to animate four here six there whatever they think that because it is a more slow paced process it creates a more a more deliberate approach to how things look and mm. sometimes it's like creatively like how the postman in this movie is usually not moving he's just like sitting in a chair with his head hand behind his back and stuff god i love norm Macdonald. like all the best lines come from him in this movie like whenever your man is dragging <laughs> the, the mail and he's like oh that's why they call it snail mail i think that again going back to the fact that this movie it's clearly inspired by the like second golden age of disney animation from after um little mermaid like 90s kind of thing that there's always mm -hmm. a character in one of those movies that seems out of place like the jamaican fucking crab in little mermaid like the british candelabra like candlestick holder in beauty and the beast you know even fucking timon and pumbaa and lion king is like what the fuck are you is it like everybody else is like in the hamlet and I know that they're meant to be like the there are two uh, there are two comedic characters in Hamlet. I can't remember like Falstaff. I can't remember what it's the 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 two characters are like the the comic relief. But everyone else is in Hamlet. Jesus, but you know, that's hilarious. But you know what I mean? Like it's like it's they're taking that approach. That is the the there's always been like a character in Disney. That the is, bit with the dog. Yeah, the, they're like, pointing at the movie. They're the characters mm -hmm. that go, this is a movie, enjoy the ride. And it's like, if you think too much about it, don't think too much about it. It's only a fucking movie. It's a woman with fucking fish legs. Um, don't ask how they have sex. Uh, if, if anything, what was your favorite thing? Uh, oh, I think the animation. Um, and like... <laughs> My notes are hilarious. Like I was looking at them, like as in the the notes I took as I was watching it, because I, I do like two, and uh, <laughs> it's just me going. I read. Oh God, this looks really cool. Wait, do I like this? Oh, I don't think I like this. And then there's like, why is the music so shit? Why is the music so shit? And then there was a bit in the middle uh, where there's like a big long montage, and I was like, God damn you, Ricardo! I fucking love Christmas. And then. <laughs> And then by the end, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm kind of bored again now. But, uh, like, the animation is is beautiful. And, like, particularly, I think the I think Klaus as a character is is the best use of it. Um, just the way his sort of physicality and everything and uh, the way they animate his face and his hands and everything and this house and the toys and stuff as well. Like, everything feels, it's very tactile. Tactile is a very important um, characteristic of, like, certain types of animation be it like hand-drawn or even like any of the um studio ghibli kind of stuff as well like there's something you feel like you can touch the the texture and it's not about like having the most amount of pixels or whatever it's it's something else about it being like you can see the artistry if that makes sense yeah. it's like it's in the opposite side it's like it's it's less perfect which makes it more pleasing <laughs> i guess um so yeah like that it is lovely um uh yes <laughs> what was your least favorite thing at uh, least favorite thing i i think i agree with you with the score that is a little bit it trying to be too whimsical that i think that the movie yeah. itself achieves obviously not enough for you but i think that the movie mm. itself achieves like uh 
walking the line between being whimsical and sentimental and Christmassy, if that's even a like a grammatically correct wor- word, but I'm gonna go with it. The the movie. I don't want to live in a world where it's not. That it, it manages to be all of that without crossing the line of being schmaltzy. I think uh, if anything, it's yeah. the other way around. But I I I like I I do enjoy the the. I did enjoy the the movie, obviously because I picked it. But I think that it, like I felt the warmth of it. That I, obviously, you didn't. But I don't think that the score in itself would ruin the movie because I don't think it's as egregious as it is. Mm. But I remember watching it the first time. The certain things of the design already brings it to attention, and I'm like. Yeah, but you can't, like, because it feels like, even in the way that the streets are designed or whatever, it feels like Tim Burton light sometimes. Yeah. And then the score... Oh, no, I don't like it even less. And then the score feels like Danny Elfman, <laughs> uh, light milk lactose free as well. You know what I mean? Like it, it just like one step down on yeah. top of that, and you're like, oh man! Like just if you were playing the Batman Returns soundtrack in the background, which that is a great Christmas movie, an actual <laughs> Christmas movie because it is about Christmas and the gift of sharing. But it is actually funny that like this is a kids movie, and uh, there's an awful lot of corpses in it. Like, like they just they're, they're just dragging them down the car. But I, th- <laughs> I think that the, the the other part that I didn't like that I think is kind of hmm, problematic, let's say, to say mm. the least, is that I don't think that the filmmakers really thought through the idea of like two families fighting and like some like McCoy versus Hartfields there too. To go back to Kevin Costner, always goes back to Kevin Costner, I suppose. But <laughs> is that to make a whole town that is just two families, and those two families don't talk to each other? Are all these kids incest? Um. I, well, first of all, I like that you said in, incest, <laughs> like incested. Um. <laughs> and also the other part that I really didn't like is the it's the two so... big characters. Uh, I'm just gonna say that because I think the uh, and especially since one was voiced by the director, I think it was a misstep that it wasn't needed. Let's say. Yeah, it didn't. It was just. It felt off. You know, it felt like something that would be in a 90s movie and at the time we all would have been like that's fine and now you're like oh that makes me uncomfortable you know like all of aladdin but like <laughs> just like <laughs> uh what was your least favorite thing amongst the many 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 things that you disliked uh okay i think it's a combination of i don't like how they dealt with the indigenous characters um it felt a bit off um but also, I, the main thing is that I didn't really, I only felt Christmassy a little bit while watching it. And like, 
I mean, if if you're not like, gonna get filled with Christmassy joy and you know want to set up your tree while watching a Christmas movie, it kind of feels like it missed the mark. Um, but uh, well, I, I, yeah, I, it's like if it had it, because like, I, I, I mean, I I love bad movies, not bad movies, but like movies that are like. <laughs> Objectively, they're not very good, but because they carry you along in such a like you know ride of happiness and you know coziness, coziness, you know, um, that you're able to like forget about stuff. Because like I mean, a lot of Disney movies have some pretty ropey music in them, and like you know, I know all the words. I love those songs. So the fact that I was distracted by the bad music in this kind of I think is a good indication of why it didn't really work. That I wasn't like. I didn't feel very merry. I think that's the problem. I suppose that is a very uh, apt note. Uh, yeah. You see, I think maybe somewhere in like my subconscious, I was like, what I need to do is like knock him down before I get to actually see him in person. So then, <laughs> so then when we do next week's episode, which is... Uh, uh, very 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 special because we will get to record in the same room in the same country in the same time zone (laughs) and we have decided that the best way to celebrate this moment is to do a kevin costner movie that we have both seen multiple times (laughs) and that movie is mcfarland usa 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 danny uh yeah so uh, as I was saying to Ricardo earlier, I've been uh, priming myself for it because I've been watching Yellowstone, which is succession for boomers. Uh, <laughs> and it is Kevin that is most Kevin. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what we're going to be doing uh, for our super duper special Christmas episode that will be coming out in January. Um, yeah. So uh, where can they find us, Ricardo? They can find us on Facebook at the recommend the, the Facebook recommendation game page at the rec game on Twitter. The recommendation game at gmail.com is our email. Uh, Spotify, Mixcloud, your podcaster of choice. And mm-hmm. every second Monday, 11 to 12, Dublin Digital Radio. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, until next week, I was Orla McGuinness. Happy Christmas to everyone. I Merry was Ricardo Christmas. Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>